It's the first podcast episode. We're doing this now as well. We're doing so much. Um, We're hella cool like that. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to Magical Tea Party. And for once, you're not seeing my beautiful face. Instead, you're listening to my beautiful voice. And also, someone else's voice for once. Hello. It's me, the person that's never on this channel and always does all the work anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just here. I don't know. Uh, I, I know all the stuff about Jake's D&D. Jake's just the face. Yeah, yeah. I um I say all the D&D things, and then Laura edits, manages the YouTube channel, has all the recording equipment. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am the behind-the-scenes person. Uh, so, in essence, this, this podcast is going to be a little less rigid instruction in comparison to me normal videos where I'm going to have one specific topic about one specific thing. We're talking about much broader terms and hopefully educating Laura on how the heck D&D works a little bit more. Yeah, because my knowledge is extremely limited. Uh-huh. I mean, you've been playing for how long now? Um, since the start of this year. It's probably like January time. Okay. So, so. Uh, about nine, uh, nine, ten months-ish. Yeah, a little bit on and off. We had a month or two break when the virus hit, but then we transferred back onto Roll20 and stuff. Um, I'd say I've been doing it about two years at this point, and the main reason I know so much considering that is because playing is in quotation marks. I DM almost exclusively, uh, except as of recent, pretty much. Uh... Yeah, Jake's pretty much just a perma-DM. Yep, I'm one of those. I, I don't have a problem with it, though, because, I mean, the games are freaking cool. But uh, I don't play the game much. That's a lie. I'm now playing in three different games because I have a lot of free time. So yeah. how about we have, we have a topic for today, which is going to be, like, again, a broader term. It's going to be about uh, levels, player levels, and like scaling encounters to levels, giving people proper challenges for said level, and uh, l- l- me saying that in a sentence probably scared Laura a lot, but it's much simpler than you think. Yeah, um, like I say, my knowledge is extremely limited. Okay. But to be fair, we did have character levels that went up to like 17, so... Yeah, we, um... I've got some experience with high-level characters. Yeah. Not good experience, but, you know, some experience. We were running a homebrew campaign, and that's been Laura's biggest experience with it. We did it from levels 3 to 15, uh... And I kind of sped it up a lot, because around the 9-10 mark, I was getting really bored of the game. So I just kind of accelerated it a lot. So we didn't properly get to explore that, but uh, you were running around as... So you've played characters from all the way from level one to... And I believe you kind of just uh, left for a few weeks at the 13 mark. So... Yeah, I think so, yeah. You got up to level 13 with a character before... And I mm-hmm. technically they got to 15, but you weren't there for big old final boss fight. Um, yeah. But you, and more recently, you're playing in a much slower burn Waterdeep Dragon Heist campaign, starting at level Uno, which you hadn't experienced before. 
No, my god, did it scare the living life out of me. Yeah, man, it, it does that. Uh, Dragon Heist goes pretty easy on you in the early game, except for the brain that runs around. Uh, that, that, that's lethal. Yeah. But after, after a while, uh, I suppose I'll probably ask you, what's your favorite area to play at? You haven't had too much experience on the, on the whole level-to-level -level thing, but what was your favorite point? As in, like, level-wise? Yeah. Definitely higher levels. I felt more badass at a higher level. Um, but then again, with all of my characters, I never knew what I was doing. Um, especially with Edwin, my druid. I did not play the druid very well. Uh, probably a bad class to start off with, to be fair. Um, but I had no idea what to do as a druid, so all I did was spam Thorn Whip. Mm -hmm. Um... And uh, with Lockett, my uh, tiefling barbarian, I would just hit things, and that would be it. Uh, but I did still thoroughly enjoy getting, like, real high hit dice and stuff like that. Yeah, and plus uh, you got, as, as Lockett, a very, very good magic item, which we might cover at some point. Oh, hell yeah. Um, it was... Definitely. It was amazing. Uh it, made you literally invincible uh it's it's um oh, for sure it's called black razor and basically you become invincible when you kill somebody uh, mm -hmm. that was one of my favorite things now as a player my perspective on levels is very limited because i haven't gone anywhere past level six in my life so that's pretty interesting uh and the only reason i'm saying that is because I'm playing in two campaigns where I, I had two new characters in it. We started a new campaign on like Tuesday or something. Um, mm, yeah, we did. And it's level six. And then also I had a new character who was level six in a, in a campaign that was ongoing. Uh, so that's, that's my highest experience with it other than let's make 20th level characters and beat each other up because it's funny. Um, yeah. So... I I haven't really explored that that much, but I've certainly made encounters across the whole broad spectrum. Um, so basically, we're gonna we're gonna first cover like giving giving players a proper challenge for their level, which is something the DMs can find very difficult, especially when they're new. Um, yeah, my uh, my first attempt at being a DM for a game which I wanted to be longer than a one-shot, but it just ended up being a one-shot, I, I killed you, like, straight away. Mm-hmm. Second encounter, I believe. Yeah. Uh, just straight off, you just died. Yes. To be fair, I went into it not knowing what I was doing, like, at all. And I mean, it's shadows, and the, sometimes... Um, CR doesn't reflect how powerful a creature actually is. Mm. So well, I definitely learnt that. Yeah, C CR, which is how you measure, um, like how strong a thing is in comparison to a party, uh, is basically measured. Let's say your creature has a CR of three. That means four bogged standard, no magic itemed, level three characters could have a decent fight against it 
with maybe a minor complication coming up. Um, sometimes when you shift it around a little bit and get like a bunch of smaller ones with smaller CRs, you'll find that it creates a much more engaging combat experience, but sometimes it's a little risky, like with the shadows. How many were there? Four? Uh, yes, I think there were four, yeah. yeah. And we were level two, and as a level uh, two party of three, um, instantly, when you add more enemies than there are party members, that can start making things imbalanced a little bit. I think D&D is mostly based on thinking that you're going to have encounters with enemies in the maybe one big guy or maybe one big guy and two little guys or like five mm. little guys. You, you, they're not expecting you to have mass armies clashing together, which is, which is good. But um, definitely CR isn't the most accurate representation. If They're good for like generally determining stuff, but when you start getting into that late game, players are going to have class features, spells, abilities, feats that you are just not going to be able uh, to like put this creature up against and feasibly get them to even have a round of good combat in. Um, let's use an example. In this massive homebrew game that I ran from 3 to 15, there was a recurring, uh, originally a villain, but then just became a nuisance um, it's called a bone claw. You can go ahead and watch a video that I did about it. In uh, put it, put an eye card there, Laura. Do it. Yeah, I will do. Okay. <laughs> and basically, this this mean guy is CR twelve, and I believe what level were you all when I when I put it against you first? Like maybe seven um, or eight. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, and weirdly enough, pretty feasible challenge because this thing didn't have anything else about it. It was CR12, but it didn't have any, like, it had a few zombies with it, but other than that, it was just this thing against the entire party. And with some bad rolls on their end and good rolls on my end, that was the first player death that I dealt out. Uh, oh, God, I forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, which... Rest in peace, Metamorn. Well, oh my God. that resulted in Goob coming in, uh, a grung gunslinger. So well, that's true. I'm not exactly sad about that. And neither was the player either. <laughs> they were just waiting for, for, the, <laughs> for their new uh, grung character to just come in. But uh, mm. that thing was lethal, man, uh, at the time, because you guys were all level 7. And if it got... I mean, it didn't help that the paladin decided to run away. Ah, yes. <laughs> that would have definitely changed the tide, but... Normally, player decisions can lead to uh, bad things happening. Uh, and this Bone Claw first showed up and basically in the first round of initiative took the Sorcerer to zero hit points and just started running away with the dead body afterwards. Uh, and it was certainly interesting, certainly very interesting. And then... I believe in every encounter from then that it showed up in because it can come back after it dies. That's one of its features. Um, it just kept on being a minor nuisance and going down in the first or second initiative round because the paladin realized that's what they're good at, <laughs> killing undead. Yeah. 
So managed to like, with a bit of help from someone else, basically two shot it uh, in the next encounter. And from then it would appear and just occupy the paladin for maybe two rounds. And then they could just focus back on something else. Um, because uh, Bunklaw is an undead. Paladins are literally kitted out to kill undead. That's their thing. No matter what paladin you choose, you're going to be good at it. Uh, even if you're an oathbreaker who can summon undead, you're still very good at killing them. Um, and it's great because the players are doing their cool stuff, but you realize that a challenge rating 12 monster can't 1v1 a single paladin. And that isn't accurate. So definitely you need to play around that. Like, for example, players can only go up to level 20. There are CRs way above 20. There are like 20, 30 creatures that are like CR 21 to 30. And that's, they're, they're still not a hard challenge if you're throwing like them at maybe uh, a group of level 15s. Uh, you weren't there for this, Laura, but in the final fight, their final boss was CR 28. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and they they won that. They won that, and they were only level 15, which is remarkable. <laughs> uh, but also just kind of shows that CR gets thrown out the window at a certain point, because again, players are running around with 8 billion spells and class abilities that just basically say fuck you to the DM. Mm. Um, and then also they had a bunch of companions with them as well. They brought like all the favorite NPCs along with them. Uh, or at least the ones that they could get because I killed some of them. <laughs> Wait, which ones did you kill? A few. My god. Uh, yeah. The, you know the, the, the Planetar guy? You didn't kill the Planetar. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he wasn't there. Oh my he would have been God. there. He would have been there to help, but um, he got killed. So yeah, and that happened just all off camera, all, all off game even. Um, Jeez. So, like, in terms of balancing an encounter a little better, uh, some of the advice that I would give you is that the moment you start getting into 5th, 6th, 7th level territory, that's when throwing one bad guy at them isn't enough. You, you can do that at the start, and it's great. And they're going to be scared when one of the party members goes down and they just move on to the next one. But the moment you get to that point, like the whole reason that that bone claw in that encounter managed to kill someone was because about two of the party members were preoccupied with a horde of zombies uh, just coming mm. their way. So... That was certainly a factor that was taken into account. Uh, and it's quite important that you do have all the bases covered. I think um, I was talking to another group that I run Curse of Strahd for, and one of the players said, I, I don't really DM much, but I've noticed one consistent thing is that you need some kind of wizard helper for a bad guy to make it work just to account all the stupid shit that your players are going to be doing. Uh, which is... And I mean, I had that covered because my bad guy was the best wizard in the universe. Like, Lich, etc. But you, you, need, you need all the bases covered and you need to... Certainly, don't every single encounter plan to just have a guy with counterspell there to just say fuck you to the wizard. But 
certainly keep that into account if you want a fight to be tougher and you want people to occasionally not have their abilities work, which is something that should happen because if you just let a player do their thing every time, they're going to think it's amazing if they just spam it over and over, which is... Um, and I mean, I wasn't bothering to counterspell a thorn whip, so you just kept doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the one spell I actually knew how to use. Yeah. Um, I I really like low levels, personally. As as both a player and a DM, I find low, lower levels just more satisfying in general. Because you don't have as much stuff as mm. you would in those higher levels, but you can make it work. Um... Yeah. So currently we're level four in a Dragon Heist campaign. Um, and some of the characters are still very simple. Uh, are, and I think, I think you and our paladin are probably the most simple in concept because how yeah. both of your, your turns go is I'm going to run in, hit it. Okay, that's my turn. Except you sometimes run back out or most of the time even. Most, most times, time. most, most times we're time. back out. But, um, and even just that concept, like, I don't think you've gotten bored of it yet, have you? No, not yeah. at all. It can still be really fun to do all that stuff, because it's the one thing you're very good at. Just keep doing it, and it works. Um, yeah. So, Laura's character has, like, the mobile feet, 50 feet of movement, and a free disengage after doing something with a bonus, so... That's why it's so satisfying to just mm. run in and out. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so lower levels can be certainly fun. And also for the the other people in the group, which are uh, a bard, a druid, and two wizards, which is amazing, uh, they're, they're still having to work with what they've got, which isn't much currently, because they don't have all the powerful spells yet, except... I mean, some of them do. You know, heat metal. Fuck heat metal. <laughs> Dude made me drop Jarlaxle's plus three rapier bitch ass. <laughs> um, hi, Ryan, by the way. Hi, Ryan. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that, yeah, like lower levels are just more fun for me to run as well because... Quite frankly, most of the creatures that they give you are designed for, for levels 1 to 5, or maybe 5 to, like, 8. So, think of all of, like, the fantasy staples. Uh, you've got gnolls, you've got orcs, you've got goblins, uh, hobgoblins, bugbears, you've got all of those sorts of things. None of them really go past being a very big threat, like, past CR5. Uh, there are a few very, very big boss men who are a bit, a bit above those in those groups. But to have the most fun and interesting encounters uh, with all of these, you know, staples of creature types, it's pretty just early level in general. So um, when you're getting to like level 15 and 16, the sad thing is, and even though D&D &D is made so that a goblin could potentially kill a level 15 character if they got super duper ultra lucky but uh, it, it just doesn't work like that and it's kind of sad because um, I didn't so there's there's some guy that I know 
at one of the game stores that, or the game store that I occasionally run a game at, and he told me about this this system that's like the Warhammer ro uh, role playing game system. I don't know, but the concept that he basically advertised to me the most was that you'll get like six more hit points over the course of all the levels, and that's frankly a bit more interesting because hit points just mm -hmm. go up and up and up and up and up, and then you've got 200 at level 17 and you're invincible. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think the higher level can still be very fun, but as a DM, it's often hard to find proper challenges for players and finding a better balance, personally. Uh, yeah. Because, like, I don't have a proper measure for what's going to happen, because... I don't really look at every single spell people take at their level, and I don't really look at every single tiny little ASI that they take. I'm certainly interested in at least asking as a person, but I'm not like taking every single factor into account to make the best possible lethal encounter, because, I don't know, it's just boring. Which means that often, one player will do one thing, and then that means the encounter is one. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of big spells, a lot of big class features that can just say screw you. And it's it's sometimes difficult to deal with when you're running a level 13 campaign. Uh, and so I think I did an encounter once where the total CR combined was about 45 or 50 or something Whoa. on you guys. That was the encounter with like all the drow and the Rakshasa and oh, the yeah. Artificer Man with Wave. Um, yes. They they were, I think it was even higher than 50, maybe 60 or 70. You, Jeez. I think you killed all of them, right? No. Um, no, one of them got away. Um, yeah, the guy with Wave got away, I think. Yeah, but um, you, you, you pretty much killed all of them. Uh, yeah. And... A lot of it was due to just... I don't think there was even a particular one thing that you did. It was just the fact that you kept killing things over and over. And, like, I, I, I kind of real That was the encounter where I realized that, oh, my God, our barbarian has, like, 180 hit points. How am I supposed to deal with this? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was interesting. But um having two uh, barbarians in the party was a bit yeah different huh and we also had a paladin uh so yeah. three chunky frontliners and then also the um the 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 shaman which is basically like a hybrid cleric warlock sort of thing that we we found and thought was cool he was also running around with like 150 health near the end of the game <laughs> and with a good AC, because he was a lizard folk or whatever. Um, mm. And it was just really hard to get you guys down. I think near the end of the game, pretty much no one was going unconscious. Mm. Uh, I I don't know if I've told you, but in that final fire world, your character wasn't there. You went down like five times. Uh, that doesn't surprise me because even though I was a barbarian, I was also a bard. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really have that many hit points, to be honest. In comparison. In comparison to the full barbarian, I'm. I mean. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was interesting because 
Actually, you'd still had Black Razor, so you were just running around not using it for the final fight because it didn't work against the Lich. Mm. So you you bought like a plus one weapon and went in and killed shit with it. Mm. Uh, but there's there's ways you can challenge higher level characters by basically saying screw you. Um, there is the infamous and famous and just everything uh, Tarask, which probably even you've heard of, Laura. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we were um, having a discussion in one of the sessions while. Uh, while you were telling um, a player uh, something that had gone, or that something that was going to happen, and uh, we were all discussing how you would even attempt to beat a Tarask, and we were sort of saying, "Oh yeah, you'd just throw it at the floor," but then they were like, "Oh well, uh, something to do with it can't take fall yeah, damage or something." I don't fully know, um, but it's immune to like non-magical bludgeoning so if it, it can't die from falling because it's not magical bludgeoning yeah um there are many ways that you could do it which is the funny thing when you get to about level 13 or 14 if i threw that to rasket you guys you could have beat it pretty easily by just hitting it mm. which is interesting yeah. Uh, and certainly it has a massive multi-attack. The legendary actions are great. It has resistances. And there's also an ability that I really like that I've actually put on one or two other creatures um, in, in games that I've run, which is basically any spell that you roll to hit a Tarask, I believe I'm getting this right, doesn't work like five-sixths of the time. Or uh, you roll a d6, and if you get a mm. one on the d6, and someone shoots it at a Tarask, it shoots it right back at them. Oh, so Jesus. the spellcasters can't just cast like I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think it works for like magic missile as well. So spellcasters can't exactly spam that and stuff, and it goes back at them sometimes, etc. Mm. Uh, and I've put that on one or two other things because I think it's really interesting to at least handicap them once or twice so because there's plenty yeah. of times where you handicap the martial classes for instance you having black razor as your primary weapon and other than that not really having any other good weapons uh the encounters yeah. where you couldn't use it because the enemies were undead you were severely severely downgraded you were running around with a long sword mm -hmm. at level 12 or 13 yeah uh, and it's kind of hard to do that to spellcasters because pretty much most of their saving throws are good except maybe like strength dexterity something like that uh which is a few you can put a few things on them that they probably have a spell to just say no to it uh and in terms of the martial classes you can just make them make a wisdom saving throw and then paralyze them for two rounds in comparison to the wizard running around with a plus 10 to their wisdom save and advantage on spell saves because of their cool item that they have. Um, mm. it's, 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 a, it's a tough juggling act, I find, between letting your players do the cool things and letting them know that the cool things don't happen all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think if I were to give out any tips on that specific thing... Uh, don't go out of your way to mess with them, but certainly design an encounter or two with the thought in mind of I actually want to make this a credible threat and like scare the players somewhat by having them be immune to this thing that they're going to do, that is their signature thing. 
which will scare them because it's been so reliable mm. up to this point. And don't do that from then on. Like, just do that once or twice with that specific thing, that specific encounter, that specific creature, etc. Um, challenge, challenge the players. Give them, give them something to, give them something to actually fight each time. Doesn't always have to be just taking them to zero hit points. It can be like the fact that I paralyzed a monk for a round and basically knocked them down to zero um, because they failed their save and. They had, because this monk in particular was probably the best at avoiding any sort of death or touching anything. Uh, so like, it was it was kind of you could I think a few times during that they they like said some very mean things towards the creature that had paralyzed them. <laughs> but yeah, do 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 you have any input on this, Laura? Yeah, being a. Uh put down like to something that's like so if we go back to Lockett who had Black Razor um, on the occasions that I couldn't use Black Razor it was like quite scary um, and I felt like oh shit I'm just you know relying on this weapon to fight things and you feel like you're well I don't want to say useless but you kind of feel like downgraded by quite a bit Especially when that's like the one thing that you have and you yeah, can't use it. That makes sense. It's very annoying when that happens. I've had I've had things like that happen before. Mm -hmm. um, for for me, there's been. Um, I think I actually had a character death about two weeks ago. Uh, I told you about it. I think it was pretty unreasonable, but it basically happened because I had no more rages as a barbarian and got annihilated because I couldn't rely on my one class feature that meant I was powerful. It happens. Yeah. Just to clarify, this is a, a player, this isn't a player in Jake's game, this was Jake playing as a barbarian. Yes, it's me. I'm playing as a character. I'm playing as three right now. It's so cool. I'm actually, after this recording, going to play another barbarian in like <laughs> two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like being hard to kill, okay? That's my thing. Everyone has their own favorite thing that they like to do, um, which is a thing. Yeah, when you're a DM, keep that in mind. Some people have specific builds that they really like and just love to roll with. Uh, and keep that in mind and let them do their cool thing and very occasionally challenge it which is what happened to me and then I died be careful with that <laughs> mm. but um I think I've talked about everything that I possibly could about levels there's probably more but it's escaping me because it's 10 in the morning and I normally <laughs> don't like I'm not fully in gear at this time mm. But um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our first attempt <laughs> podcast. Um, what are we even going to call it? That's a question. Uh, I thought we decided on uh, T and D and D. Yes, we did. That's yeah. such a cool name. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening to T and D and D. God, that was cool. Good, good <laughs> shout, Laura. <laughs> um, I've got some next good episode, ideas. I believe. What are, what are we going to be talking about next episode? I think I wrote um, it down somewhere. You did. Let's have a look. Yeah, 
we we have like a list of subjects written down in a in a shared Google Doc together, um, as well as all of the video ideas that I have queued up. Fifteen of them at the moment, so we we ain't never stopping. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we we've we've got a lot planned for both the yeah. channel and the podcast. Hell yeah, and. I don't know, maybe the podcast will be uploaded on something other than YouTube, and... Maybe. We'll find out, I don't know. Yeah, we'll get okay, so next week's record. episode will be on... Well, you've put How to Magic Item. Ah, yes, How to Magic Item. Um, probably discussing for both DMs and players how to use magic items efficiently, like when you've mm. got them, when to give them to players, like balancing having magic items in the party, because I've certainly had bad incidents with that. Yeah, well, I mean, you, <laughs> you, uh, that and you made my druid's AC stupidly high. Yeah, well, by, no, uh, that's yeah. By yeah, giving you had me plus three studded leather. Yeah, that's interesting. Super high. <laughs> what do you for think? a druid. In Waterdeep Dragon Heist, you might get plus three leather if you kill Jarlaxel. Oh, that would be nice. Because you you know he has that. I think I think I told you. Yeah, but it won't be given to me though, as a monk. Oh yeah, no. It'll probably go to Ryan. <laughs> or Rem. The No, wizard. he can't he can't he can't equip him. Can he That's not? a wizard. Yeah, oh. probably James. Probably James to be fair. He can cuz he's a hobgoblin. Oh, right. Okay. The more you All know, right. learning things every day. Hell yeah. Um so I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to ask you Laura, what have you learned? Oh. Um, I have learnt that, um, oh shit, what have I learnt? Hold on. Uh. How rude. Give me, like, two seconds. Uh, yeah, my memory's bad. We know this already. <laughs> um, I have learnt that, uh, sometimes when balancing out, uh, encounters, don't put, like, way more, like, um, uh, no, that's not what I meant to say. CR doesn't always matter when doing fights because you can have something that's like a massive CR and your party can like obliterate it within seconds. Um, yes. But sometimes uh, you can have too many of one thing and then it can obliterate your party in seconds. All right. That so was the there needs to be balance. Yep, that's all we needed. Um, we could have done that in two minutes, but we decided to... Uh, make it like 35 uh, yep. <laughs> well yeah thanks for watching t and d well um yes thank you very much see you in the next episode see you in a bit guys Au Au revoir. Revoir.